What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Process Podcast. I'm Nick Veronica, here with my co-host and best friend, Charlie Wachowski. This week, we are mostly talking about Josh Allen's life-altering, market-setting, franchise-defining $258 million contract extension. We're talking a little bit about the Jack Eichel situation, getting into some training camp battles. I can't believe the Bills have a preseason game already. It feels like it's crazy. It can't be that time of year again. Uh, not ready for it to be pumpkin spice season at all. I like just stop. It's too hot. Stop. Um, and then we're getting into the Josh Allen contract where Josh Allen did great for himself with the guaranteed money. Brandon Bean did good to keep the cap hit down early. Uh, listen, the bills are in their Super Bowl window and this proves it talking all this and more on the process. Shout out to our sponsors, Ethos Performance Rehab. Appreciate you guys. Follow us on Twitter at the underscore process podcast. Send us a question. We love questions from our listeners. Can't wait. Hit us up on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Nick, what's going on, man? Charlie, I am. You know what? I looked at the calendar this week. Bill's preseason games start this week. Saturday, right? The 13th? Saturday. Can't believe it. It is that time of year again. Coming by quick, man. Like, um, training camp. What were we to a training camp now? On top of all Two, that, three. I mean, they, they start so early now. They have the rookies report. They have it's, but uh, I mean, they did. They did the players in the CBA negotiations. They did get fewer contact practices. No two days. So, uh, you know, I was out of training camp again last week, and they actually had pads on. They were they were still not even full tackling. It was mostly like thud tackling. They call you just kind of like bang the guy and then you don't you Grab don't bring him, bring him to the ground so right. uh right. it does seem like this is is you know they start earlier and earlier but what what they're actually the toll on the players is less i guess so well hey. we're going to get into your review of training camp from this week because i know like you said you were there so i want to get your thoughts and your feels but before we get into that i know we told everyone that we we're going to have brayton wilson from wgr on with us this week uh but we are waiting as long as we can to have Brayton on at this point because we are waiting for some Jack Eichel news to really pop before we have Brayton on again. So you guys are stuck with Nick and I again for another week. Um, thank you for tuning in. So, Nick, I have a question for you. Yep. Given the length of this Jack Eichel thing at this point, mm-hmm. my son's due date is August <laughs> 24th. Oh, wow. That what is a- happens first? Is my son born or is Jack Eichel traded? Wow. All right. If if anyone has missed missed any any recent developments here, actually, I don't, we might. Have, this is so long ago now. We might have talked about it last episode. Uh, Jack Eichel's agent put out a statement, basically condemning the team, saying, "You know, we thought this is the process here is not working. We thought he'd be traded by now." Blah blah. He more blah. or less doesn't trust the process. Is the problem? Yes. Uh, basically, saying without saying it, the Sabers are a joke. What the hell is happening? Um. And I'll be honest with you, that's not helping his trade value. So I get that they're frustrated. I get that they want to have surgery. From their perspective, he could have already had the surgery and been you know, back. But from the Sabres' perspective, they're trying to trade this guy. The relationship is fractured. And why would they let a guy have uh, not experimental surgery, but a, a, you know, a, a new-ish, unproven surgery when you're trying to trade him? Let the other team take that risk. If Jack Eichel thinks he's going to come back fine, cool. Put that risk over there. I get what the Sabres are doing. This is a CBA negotiated thing. They can tell a guy what's, well, you know, 
we recommend the surgery. Our second opinion recommended it. That's what we feel comfortable. It sounds like bullshit. We'll say, you know, a ton of guy, you know, you can't have a, a medical procedure that you want. Um, I don't actually know what would happen if Jack just said, screw you and got it. Like, what are they going to do? Void his contract? Like, he'd be like, great, I'm out of here. Bye. Right. So I don't actually know. I got. I, mean, I should look into that. But uh, we are kind of in a holding pattern here. Basically, from the Sabres perspective, the offers for Jack have not been good enough to part with a guy who's a top 10 NHL player when he's healthy. So <clears throat> I see both sides here. Um, the way this is going, I think the relationship is just too fractured. Like they, the Sabres really don't want to have to deal with Jack Eichel in their locker room next year, which is awful to say because he's so talented. And it's like, how could you possibly have messed this up this bad? It seems like they've messed it up this bad. So given the, that the whole other set of just, just complications, it would, it would, what it would cause if Jack was actually in the locker room with the team next year. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take the, I don't know if that counts as the over the, I guess the under and say he's traded before your son's due date. Um, <laughs> man, I, what, what a weird, this is just, just weird all around. Are you taking the, the under two or no? Uh, no, I'm taking the over on that. I have a crazy feeling. He comes September one. He's still on the team. I just, I just have a crazy feeling uh, this is going to be dragged out as long as possible. I did see this week <clears throat> that if he is traded to Minnesota, Minnesota will allow him to have the surgery that he wants. Which is great. Um, the Sabres, that doesn't mean anything to them. That means, I mean, no. Get, get, but, get but, me the package that gets the deal done. Right. But if I'm Buffalo, then I'm working with Minnesota and getting that package done, right? You know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm saying, who from Minnesota do you want to really pick off? Obviously – yeah, uh, you know, Matt Dumba is probably that guy. Matt Dumba can come in and he's a right-handed defenseman, very good defenseman in the league, very young still as well. I like Dumba. Um, I like Dumba a lot. I think you get Dumba first and a prospect. I'm happy with that comeback. No draft picks? No, you get a first round pick. You get a first round pick, Dumba and a and a, and a prospect. And, and any, any, shot, a, any shot any shot on Kaprizov? I don't think so. Dude, I don't even know if he's even coming back to the NHL at this point. Fair. You know, Fair. I, I don't know if I'm trading my, you know, a, a top 10 player in this league. For... Well, if you don't if you don't know that, maybe Minnesota doesn't know that and he's a throw-in. Maybe. I mean, at that point, if he's a throw-in, fine. Then I still you still need a prospect and then, and then him yeah. as well on top of it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. If I'm Minnesota, I'm not giving him away as a throw-in because I don't know if he's coming back. He's also – I didn't realize how old he really was. I thought he was – early 20s. I mean, he's he's mid-20s at this point. He's, he's a little older compared to what the other rookies were. He was an older rookie going into the league this year. Um, maybe he stays in, in, in Russia. For those, for those of you who don't know, uh, he has said, Kiprasov is, how do you say his last name, Nick? I think Kaprizov or Kaprizov. I think it's Kaprizov. I think that's right. I think Kapri- Kaprizov sounds right. You know, we, uh, hold we on. But, but before, we, before we start saying, you know, he's in a ripe old age, he was born in 1997. <laughs> yeah, I say he's old. Okay, let's put it this way: he's old for NHL rookies. <laughs> he's 24. Uh, I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, for for a rookie in the league, I mean, you look at those are the guys who are really just getting out of their four years of college or whatever it is. I mean, nowadays you're seeing a lot of guys in the league who are coming in winning rookies of the year that are 20, 21 years old. So 24 sure. for 
a rookie, I feel like, is a little bit older. But All anyway. Right. If, if, so, if they can't trade him to a Western Conference team, I guess that's sort of a win. But you, He can't stay in the East because he'll haunt you forever. I mean, dude, at this point, you're taking whatever you can get. If the Rangers end up with the best package, that's what you take. Yeah, but I don't think Jury's willing to make that move. So, But for those who don't know, the reason why we were saying what we were saying about Kaprizov is the fact that he wants to go back and play in the KHL, and he said all together he's kind of done with the NHL and wants to just play in the KHL uh, for this upcoming season. So That's what he, people say who want more money. Correct. He's an RFA, so Minnesota did tender him. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But if you can get a sign and trade with him and, and he's guaranteed to come, come here, then fine. I think you can work something out. But I'm fine if he's not part of that deal and he goes to Minnesota. I don't want to see him in, in the Eastern Conference. I don't want to see the Rangers ever be good because I can't stand them. Um, and I don't want to see him go to Boston because obviously it's, 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 it's Boston. Sure. sure. So, um, but anyway, enough with the hockey stuff. We'll save all this stuff for when Brayton joins us. Let's talk about Nick, what you saw this week at training camp. You were there again, mm. second straight week. You were there. I, yeah. Uh, what? I mean, I was, I was just, just a regular fan there, but uh, did you, know, did you the, catch the... a Josh Allen I saw he was throwing passes to the fans. Did you catch a Stefan Diggs ball at all? I saw he was throwing balls in the stands. Bro, I'm not like 16 anymore. I was, I was, you know, looking to beat the traffic leaving there. So, <laughs> so I, was, I run Diggs, and I was, uh, we actually we were up in the 200s. We we had a nice, nice view of everything. So I was a little too far for the Josh Allen catch as well. But also, he's throwing a little kids. I I don't care to receive one of those. But um, no, <laughs> is the answer there. Anyway, what I saw. Uh, and listen, the reporters are there every day. So like I'm reading the reports, what I'm kind of like, you know, I mean, I know what I'm looking for, but it, you're kind of just, just confirming with your own eyes. You know, scouts are like, people always say, you know, what, what, what is one showcase game, you know, really mean for you? It's like, well, it's like, you, you hear a lot of stuff you see it on tape and it's, it's, it is nice just to confirm it with your own eyes. Something that's been interesting to me, uh, doesn't actually seem like there's that much competition for cornerback too. It seems like, as far as I'm concerned right now, and if they don't add somebody, it's Levi Wallace's job to lose. Dane Jackson does not appear to be making a big push. Levi Wallace was with the first team for everything I saw. If he subbed out, maybe I missed it, but it seems like he's pretty much the cornerback too, unless something happens right now. And I'm, uh, maybe I'm being a little bit too hard on Dane Jackson here, but Levi Wallace seems to have a pretty firm hold on, on that one. Uh, what else? What else did we see? Josh looked good again. He looked in command of the offense. Do you remember? Like, I don't know if you were going to Bills camp always, but every year it'd be like, mm-hmm. well, I guess, uh, I guess the defense is just ahead of the offense at this point in the summer. And like, it looked so hard to move the ball. And you know, this, the, you know, this year that you know they had eleven on eleven this weekend and the coaches at one point with the first team offense out there they had to blow the whistle and stop the first team offense and say no no we need to practice our punts now we're gonna we're gonna stop this drive and send the punt unit out there that was kind of nice to see um i i mean i so i always remember to that point nick it was always and it always seemed like the bills defense at that time when i was still going to training camps living in buffalo a lot of it was because the defense was a top five defense in the league last year obviously they they kind of took a step back but you know to your point it always seemed like man this defense is gonna be another top five defense because they were that good we knew the offense wasn't great but mm-hmm. you know and 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 i don't think people felt like fitzpatrick was going to step in and be your franchise guy i don't think anyone other than bray thought that tyrod taylor was going to step in and be the <laughs> franchise guy um 
That's Pro but, Bowl quarterback Tyrod Taylor to you. Excuse me, excuse me. Pro Bowl Super Bowl winning Super Bowl champion Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Um, but I, I, I know exactly what you're saying because it always seems like, man, okay, the defense is great. Our offense will they'll, they'll come around like nothing to worry about. So I'm sure for for you to be in the stands and witness that's got to be a huge breath of fresh air. It was it was awesome. It was you know the quarterback. The, Brian Dable loves doing pre-snap motion. You know, Josh is in command of everything. He understands it. The mental process is happening much faster than any quarterback we've seen in a long time here. And, and that's awesome. He's waiting for things. And then, you know, somebody, you know, sticks around and boom, he drops the ball right in between the two safeties. Or uh, Tredavious White got kind of abused by Stefan Diggs uh, in this practice. Diggs was coming up, you know, just. Tight break, turn it in, balls there, boom, first down, boom, boom. That was impressive to see. Um, who else looked good? What there about were... I? I heard that uh, football Jesus over there made a really nice catch against um, Tredavious White as well. Going to have to elaborate, sir. Are you talking about Kumaro? I am talking about Kumaro. Okay, uh, I saw Kumaro made some nice plays with the second team when um, with the with second Bishop team. Bishop. Yeah, Trubisky was out there. Um, honestly, I mean, there's, I was watching a ton of different stuff. If he did, I might have just missed it. But he's everyone. Every report I keep reading says Kumaro's having a great camp. So maybe I mean he seems to be. I, I feel like the Bills will definitely keep six receivers this year. It seems like it's basically set already with, with him and McKenzie being five and six in whatever order you like. But um, he, I do feel like the Bills could maybe trade him for something if he's. You know, somebody's going to get injured at some point. Maybe he's got some trade value. I don't know. But he does He does look good. Uh, it's, it's weird. So many guys are, like, out injured. The offensive line still kind of kind of a mishmash here with Deion Dawkins is out. But something I was thinking, so Spencer Brown has been playing left tackle with Dawkins out. Uh, Deion Dawkins is on the COVID list. It sounds kind of not great if he's been out. You know, over, mm-hmm. you know, coming on two weeks here with, with COVID. Um, Ike Bodker just came off the list already. Dion's still on it. So it's, you know, there's still enough time that, you know, we got a month until the first game, but, you know, you hope, you hope the guy's okay, but you do eventually, the longer it goes, the, the more you start getting worried there. So, and you I look at know. what Tommy Sweeney went through last year as well oh, yeah. after being, you know, having his COVID stuff, uh, you know, with the myocarditis. Um, yeah. You know that that that's something that kind of worries you with all these athletes as well, and 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 really anyone at this point with 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 COVID going on. So you know, I mean, best you saw, wish to him. Yeah, the Sabers. You know, they they the COVID outbreak on the Sabers last year was, was horrible, and then sure they were cleared to play, but they didn't look good for a long time after that. They looked you know tired and gas, and the players were saying that. Uh, I know they had the compressed schedule, but. Man, you do hope he's okay, and I'm, and you start wondering, you know, what what if he can't go? What what if, you know, Jerry Hughes looks like he's having more energy on the sideline with his calf injury? What if Jerry Hughes can't play? What if somebody else gets hurt? You never know. Um, what are your thoughts on on uh, Spencer Brown over there on the left side? Honestly, uh, kind of hard to tell. He didn't look like he was getting totally abused, which is, I guess, okay. that's that's a positive. I mean, if you don't notice an offensive lineman, that's probably good but i can't say that i was you know watching it very tightly because because in my head he's still it's not going to matter because dawkins is going to come back but right, I, I hear you uh i mean jerry hughes is still out um 
they just, they have so many defensive ends. Like you, you do still in the back of your head wonder Mario Addison, even though he restructured, could he still get cut? Maybe there's just so many bodies there. Um, Greg Rousseau looked like a massive human. I don't know that he looked massively powerful. He was, he was big. He's kind of, it looks like the game's going a little fast for him still. He's kind of, he's, you know, there, there's that, that split second just before, before he's, mm-hmm. before he's really getting into it. Um, I'll tell you who I did notice. Effie Obata made some plays. All right. He's, he's kind of a forgotten man here with, with all the high draft picks. He was making plays. And I got to yeah. tell you, I've been to two practices now. Not that this is, this is representative necessarily. I have not noticed AJ Epinesa once. So it's funny you say that because I don't know if you caught the Mario uh, uh, practice interview earlier this week. He had a lot of good things to say about all the young guys, especially AJ Epinesa. When he was asked about AJ Epinesa, he said, he's ready. He's ready. Hmm. He's good. He's ready. All right. That's always good to hear from a veteran. Could it be that him as a veteran is trying to make the young guy – have a little bit of confidence should sure. it be that you know maybe while you were there he just kind of had a bad practice sure i mean um, i mean i'm trying to look at the whole field of stuff i mean it's i mean i want to like make it clear like i could have just been watching somebody else on his good plays like that's very exactly. possible exactly um but was he running with know, the ones did you notice really running with the they, they were really mixing mixing a lot of people in there i don't think he was with the ones but you know for the most part but they were mixing it up pretty good so i'm sure he had a couple of reps in there so yeah, same similar similar thing. Harrison Phillips not really running with the ones. Kind of like like do I notice some? Is he can he make an impact here? I don't know. It's it's uh, I'm interested to watch both of those guys, Epinesa and Phillips, in the preseason game coming up this week. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm curious to see. Um, Josh isn't playing right. I don't think him or Stefan Diggs are going to play in the preseason. They I don't think they need to. Right, like there's it's, no reason. Oh, uh, I would like. I don't know. I'd like to see them get a little couple of reps at least, just to, just to feel, just to feel Take the heat. Up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. Look, I don't want to see him in in there too long, and I don't know how much I want him to be in there right now without his starting left tackle there. Sure. To protect his blind side. Sure. I mean, this is also the guy who refused to come out until halftime in week seventeen in a game that was didn't mean anything. Yeah, that's true too. That's I mean, true too. They got the they got two receivers injured in week 16 and 17 in meaningless games by you know keep rolling them out there. So I, right. I Sean clearly likes Sean McDermott clearly likes getting his guys the reps. Um I do hear what you're saying. I mean, even if you were just in there to you know hand off or throw a screen or something, you know, get the ball out pretty quick just to get the feel for it again. Because you do want them to get rolling right away week one. Like the Bills kind of need to start three one four and oh if they want to be you know where if they want to have be in contention for that first round bye so they they have some beatable opponents as far as you know on paper it's still early but they can't afford a slow start so I would I would imagine I don't know I don't think he's gonna play I don't know because you know what else you have going on here you only have three preseason games this year instead of four Mm -hmm. so I I really don't know how they're gonna handle that yet because and, and an extra week of the season yeah, exactly. So normally, 
you know, preseason week one, you're like, eh, starters might play a drive or two. You know, week two, maybe they'll play the first quarter into the second quarter. Third preseason game, you're probably getting the whole first half and maybe even more. In the fourth preseason game, the starters, don't, most of them don't even play. With with a whole one of those chopped, I don't know. I, I almost I almost think that they're going to still take the first game pretty easy. I would imagine you're going to see Josh for, if at all, a series or two in the first game. Mm-hmm. And then I imagine kind of ramps it up after that. So I'm not expecting to see him a ton in this game, especially as you said, with the offensive line injuries, but uh, they do need to get rolling. So yeah, I don't know. You got to find the happy medium. It's still football. I, yeah. I just worry about, you know, at this point him uh, either him going down or digs going down. Like you said, you had two big injuries um, in week 16 and 17 last season. I don't want to see guys go down before the season starts, especially given the expectations going into this year. Mm-hmm. Um, anything but, else you, you, anything you're looking forward to, to to see how they look even in the preseason game this week? Oh, one other thing, I, Zach Moss was pretty clearly running with the, the first team there. Wow. It, okay. Um, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, you are, you are very big on the, on our, our new running back here. You like the speed. Maybe he's just a third down back. Maybe change of pace. Uh, Matt Burita, he's got the wheels. He seemed to be a little bit down in the packing order, but it also, it's just, just practice. Maybe I missed him, but it, it did seem like Zach Moss was, was the, the first team back. Well, you, you know, you, you, you just asked me guys that I'm looking or what I'm looking to see in this. Yeah, hold, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm going to be very rude and interrupt you again. Your man, Antonio Williams did score a touchdown in 11 on 11. Just have to let you know. Was he running with the ones, the threes? What was uh, he like like the three and a halfs, I think. Okay, the three and a halfs. Well, good. Hey, you know what? I don't. I don't dislike him. I just dislike the fact that people think he's going to just be this big star because he had one big half. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it, it's it's the same people who are big on the Antonio Williams bandwagon right now are the same people who think that Duke Williams should be a starting receiver in this league. Because he's a big, tall guy that can catch everything in practice, but can't seem to translate into a game. By the way, for what it's worth, speaking of Duke Williams, I think he's on the cut list this year. I don't think he's a practice squad guy. I think there's too many receivers. I think he's going to get overlooked. But anyway. yeah, I agree with that. I mean, they just drafted a guy, Marquez Stevenson, this mm-hmm. year. I mean, you you would think they would keep their own draft pick over Duke, but well, I, I don't know. Uh, l- let me ask you about him before I get into what I'm looking at. Because he, he's one of those guys that I'm really looking forward to watching in the preseason. But did you notice anything with the punt returning between him and Isaiah McKenzie? I have heard again from just reports that Stevenson has had some issues holding on to the ball uh, in punting situations. And, you know, McKenzie has looked very good. Dable came out and had a lot of praise for Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, yeah. Heath Farrell came out this week as well, had a lot of praise for Isaiah McKenzie said, you know, he always knew that he could kick return. He just needed to believe in himself that he could do it. Mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, at least from what I saw in the one day, I didn't notice any, any fumbles there. There wasn't too much pressure either. Um, listen, I was a big, big fan of Andre Roberts, what he did for almost all of last season. Like toward the end, he, he had you know a fumble that was kind of costly, looked a little shaky, like, like maybe like toward the end of the season. But for overall, he was a very good return man. Isaiah McKenzie has big shoes to fill. And you are that they are hoping he can do it. They are at this point, that's kind of just hope because you haven't actually seen it yet. So everything sounds good. 
he looks to be i mean the the two guys that they had back there with him in uh two weeks ago at camp it was it was powell the receiver who's probably not making the team and stevenson the receiver who's also probably not making the team he's probably a practice squad candidate so i don't know that they have any other 53-man roster candidates to even be a returner so I think it's basically his job to – he would have to really screw up in, in the preseason to lose that job. So I'm thinking it's basically him all the way. They would not have let Under Roberts go if they didn't believe in him. Let me ask you this question. Stevenson, now from what I've read, right, and, and again, going off what Twitter says and, and all the Twitter reporters, Stevenson is a guy that people are kind of looking at to be a – Isaiah McKenzie type of gadget player in the future. You know, Cole Beasley might not be around long. Cole Beasley, you know, with his given his COVID status and unvaccinated status, who knows if he'll get a whole season in, you know, eventually you might have to move Isaiah McKenzie into that slot position. And where we saw him perform very well in week, um, in week 17 and throughout the year last season. Um, but do you think Stevenson could be a guy that if he's riding on that practice squad this year, maybe next year he can crack that 53-man roster, not as a returner, but as a guy who is um, counted upon in that receiving core? That's that's what you hope. Anytime you draft a guy, I mean, he was he was he was a pretty late day three pick, so I don't. You're kind of hoping that he can pop, but honestly, the Bills what they really need to hope for is that he doesn't have a massive game in the preseason and catch somebody else's eye. Cause there's really not room for him outside of an injury on the 53 man roster. And they're probably hoping they can sneak him under the practice squad. So the bills have Brandon bean has not liked cutting his recent draft picks. I don't know where you're putting this guy outside of an injury. So I think they're, they're going to kind of hope to, to sneak him onto the practice squad. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll take it from there in the regular season. If he's called up, he's called up. I'll be curious again to see where where he ends up this year. I, I I agree with you where I don't think there's a spot for him on the 53 man currently, um, but if he could be a guy that could hide on the practice squad for a year, great. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I'm really curious about watching is the young offensive linemen that they've drafted and see how those guys perform. Forrest Lamp's another young guy that they brought in that I thought could come in and be a uh, starter. Or, or a rotational type of player on this team. He's been out hurt, I believe, so I don't think we, we're, we're going to see him this yeah, year. Yeah, I think he, he's, he's been banged up. I mean, man, that this would have been a good opportunity for him. And it, mm-hmm. it is tough when guys you know aren't able to be on the field. And you know if, if he was in any way able to get out there, he would be out there. So it must be fairly fairly uh, severe. But um, well, I, don't, I heard I don't, first Lamp was out with a broken bulb. Working on my dad jokes. Uh, oh, that was okay. You got. I got it. We're just gonna. That was a good one. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Oh, I was, I I was, I, that's where I kind of set that up. But I was looking forward to seeing Forest Lamp. I wasn't making that part up. Did you ever but, see the Brave Little Toaster? Yes. Okay, like Forest Lamp. Like that's what I think of. Is like the lamp in the you know when they were in the clearing. Yes. Yeah, that's Forest Lamp to me right there. And, <laughs> and listen, he got hit by lightning. His ball broke. So, I mean, it fits. <laughs> Um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, he's... hopefully this forest lamp does not get struck by lightning ever. <laughs> For his oh sake. my gosh. Yeah. Uh, no, he's going to have to come in and be like 
majorly impressive to, to earn a roster spot. He's on the outside looking in uh, right now. Was there the my big thing? Obviously, Mr. Trubinsky. I want to see how Mr. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, you are currently frozen here. I'm going to talk over Mr. you for Bisky. a second. Sorry, Charlie. Say that again. Mitch Trubisky. I'm looking to see how he looks as well. Yeah, I'm looking to see how Mitch Trubisky looks as well. He, um, This is the perfect offense for a Mitch Trubisky type of player. Mitch Trubisky and Josh Allen have a lot of the same assets, I guess you could say. They're both good runners. Um, and, and this is an offense that is very much tailored around a quarterback like a Mitch Trubisky. And this could be a very big um, preseason for Mr. Bisky. I don't, truthfully, I don't think he's going to where I think Buffalo signed him to be that backup. And I think he's going to stay that backup for the year. I don't see them moving him. No, but, no, no. But there could be a team that comes calling who's in a playoff race and says, Hey, we need, we're, we're willing to give you a, a second round pick for Mr. Bisky. Sure. Ooh, you know, that would be tough. I mean, the Bills are really in their Super Bowl window here, and Mitch Mitch is a guy. If something did happen to Josh Allen, Mitch could like maybe possibly like get you into the playoffs. So Matt Barkley, right? He, I think he's he's trying out right now. He's not trying out. He signed with Tennessee. I don't know if he makes the team, mm-hmm. but Barkley's a guy that. And, and again, we we've had this conversation last year. But if Allen goes down, would you bring back Barkley? He's a guy who knows your offense, who can run your offense. But I don't know if he can step in and be. Oh, see, now this is interesting. I, I don't know what his contract situation is there. If I'm Tennessee, I'm not sending him back to Buffalo. Tennessee's right. like one of the teams, you know, if, I think Kansas City. He, Buff- he may not even make the team in Tennessee. Well, yeah, I mean, in, in this scenario, you're holding on to him regardless because you don't want Buffalo to get him. Kansas City and Buffalo were 1-2 in the AFC last year. Tennessee's like in the, in the you know, the 1B of teams in the AFC, like, I think, you know, in this very specific circumstance, they're probably holding on to him saying, no, we're not giving you okay. him back to you. Okay. But otherwise, if he happened to be available, then, yeah, sure, call him up. Trade for Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> He's probably going to be starting in Houston. Probably, because Deshaun Watson hasn't shown up for practice in five days. Um, but, <clears throat> okay, so, obviously, Mr. Trubinsky, want to see where the running game goes. I've read reports that, the Bills are still going to be a team that's going to come out and throw the ball 90% of the time because the running game just has not looked good in practice. Uh, did you notice – I know you said Zach Moss was running with the ones, but did you notice anything, any improvement, any setbacks? Mm. Uh, I, I got to – so I mentioned earlier that they weren't like full-on tackling. Really hard for me to judge the running backs. Like would they have busted through if guys were trying harder? I mean – you know they they always they always feel like oh I broke I broke that tackle and they're they're running off to the end zone in practice and you're like yeah I don't think so. There were definitely points where like like they were in kind of like short yardage stuff, and the defensive line did have some good pushes and kind of breaking through, and and stopping stopping Moss for a loss. Okay. So um, I mean it's hard it's hard to say it's. I, I don't know exactly where to put the blame just from watching one practice, but I don't I don't think the Bills are going to suddenly be among the league leaders in rushing yards or even yards per carry. I think we know what they are. They're a pass first team, and they're they're going to run when they can. And honestly, Brian Dable's been pretty smart about find picking good spots to run. So when you have the personnel out there, if they come and there's only I don't know, one linebacker on the field or they can, they can, there's two linebackers on the field and they can, you know, 
set it up where they're going to have a pulling guard and try to get a favorable matchup, you, they do choose good situations to run in. So, yeah, they're going to be throwing the ball all over the field, and the key with running is you need to be able to run when you do choose to run. So I don't need them to have 150 yards a game if they end up with 70 yards a game, but they are successful when they do choose to run. I'm fine with that. Do you think that uh, a running back will lead the team in rushing and it won't be the QB one? <laughs> See, this is sort of interesting because you could say like see a way where all three of them all split carries and then Josh ends up ahead of them. Um, personally, I hope that's not the case. I hope. One of them, if if it's Zach Moss, like one of them just takes over. And I'm kind of fine if Josh doesn't run that much this year. Mm-hmm. Every practice, this is a thing. I don't know if it's a design play or if Josh just knows what he's looking for. Something happens. He like basically takes like a two-step drop, plants his right foot, and just darts up the middle. And he's got a good, you know, seven, eight yards every single time. And I don't, I don't know if, if that's a design thing or if he's seeing that and he knows defenses need to respect the cannon. He, he does not seem like slow running less is like on his mind in any form at all. So I don't know. I'm hoping one of the running backs beats him out, but I, I, you could kind of squint that and be like, well, maybe three of them will split it. The, my, my other big thing, uh, or I guess my last thing that I'm looking at is obviously going to be watching Tyler Bass this year. He okay. struggled. He struggled early on. I've heard he's looked very good this year. Um, I think one of these last practices, Sal said he didn't miss one kick the entire practice, hmm. which is big. Um, Heath Farrell said this week as well that Tyler Bass has come in looking more confident, feeling more confident, and that the kid's got all the talent in the world. Well, obviously, when you can kick a ball. 75 yards, yeah, you got a ton of talent. Um, But I'll be curious to see how he does because, like I said, he struggled early on last year and he seemed to get things under control towards the end of last season. Um, So see if that end of last season continues to carry over and and Buffalo maybe found their next franchise kicker for for the next couple of years. Um, A franchise kicker. You know, hey, he could be like the next Steve Christie. I felt like Steve Christie was there for like ever. Hmm. Like um, I felt like Steve Christie was there just as long as like Andre Thurman, Bruce. Uh, I know he wasn't because you had Norwood for the first two, but I felt like Christie was just there forever. I he did look good. Tyler Bass did look good uh, in practice the other day, but it's I mean it's, it's like watching an NBA player shoot three pointers in practice. I don't know what to really make of it. He, I mean he they, they were they were doing eleven on eleven, and if the offense didn't score, they were sending the kicking team out. And then they were doing extra points. He he hit all of them in practice, but I don't I don't know what to make of that really. Just something to watch in the preseason game. I mean, I think it's more of a preseason game type of thing to watch more so than a thing in practice, because uh, obviously preseason you'll have those guys who are on a roster bubble playing special teams trying to do something impressive to make that roster. Sure, I'll be curious to see what he can do with with a rush, uh, you know, kicking some field goals and see if Sean McDermott says, "Hey, got a." 59-yard field goal, let's go out and try it. It's preseason. What's it going to hurt, right? Yeah. Um, But I felt like he's a guy that everyone seems to be forgetting about and and just kind of see where he is going into the year this year. Hmm. Um, But, Nick, the quarterbacks. Quarterback, hold on. Before we get into quarterback, I have something from me here. Just curious, where do you think Josh Allen ranked in rushing on the Bills last year? 
Wasn't he like number two, like one or two? I'm asking you, what do you think in terms of yardage? So from what my eyes saw and what my brain feels, it's number one. But I believe he was statistically number two. All right. Last season, Devin Singletary, 687 yards on 156 carries. Zach Moss, 481 yards on 112 carries. Josh Allen, 421 yards on 102 carries. So he was – yeah, because he carried the ball hundred something something times, and I thought he was. Yeah, yeah. so he he was third in carries and third in yards. Uh, he actually had less average than Singletary and Moss as well. He only re- averaged four point one last year. Dude, if I could have a running back average four point one, although what what did the what did the running backs average? Singletary four four, Moss four three. Your boy Antonio Williams five point three. Dude, it's crazy to think that that was on twelve uh, carries. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's crazy to think that though. Um, Singletary and Moss both had, you know, four plus yards per carry, because how many times did they get brought down in the backfield or gain a right. yard? And you know, for as bad as that rushing game that that rushing attack was, if you would would have told me the beginning of the year that the Bills running backs were going to average four yards a carry, I would have taken that all day. But yeah, you're you're right. It, this is probably I don't have data to back this. It did seem like they got stopped in big spots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe it was first and second down. They 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 were fine running the ball, and then third down when you know it was third and one or third and two, they just can't get those last two yards. Hmm. I could look that up sometime, but I don't. It, it, it would take a while. Yeah, that may we'll save that for for another podcast when we start talking breaking down the uh, preseason game next week. Um, so Nick, I don't know about you. Did any big news happen? I mean, Jack Eichel wasn't traded, so there was some big news that broke this week. Uh, was it QB one staying in town forever? I was thinking more of the QB one getting his own blue Labatt blue seltzer. The hard seltzer. This is, I mean, which is what what a, yeah, it's his own. I mean, it is weird. Like, it's clearly a Josh Allen seltzer, and like, nope, it's just red, white, and blue, and it's called QB one. It's it's just a generic. Uh, not sharing any of the profits. Right, right, right. But you know, hey, what a week! You get a, you get a seltzer, some kind of sorta named after you, and you sign a two hundred fifty nine million dollar contract. Uh, not bad. He is. Uh, so it's a six year extension. He's under contract through twenty twenty eight. Uh, I will, we'll, we'll talk about this part later. I don't think he's, he's going to play in this contract all the way through, but man, he gets, this, this is a top of market deal. So, so when, when any way you want to break this down, he didn't get quite as long of term as Patrick Mahomes, who signed a 10 year deal, which is huge, which it would, that would be a strange for Josh. So Josh gets, I have this written down here, $258 million in new money. He gets $100 million guaranteed at signing. Signing the pen to the paper, guaranteed $100 million. And he has $150 million in practical guarantees, which, which that they're not guaranteed yet, but they become guaranteed you know, later on at a point in which they're absolutely not going to cut them because it would be outrageously expensive on the debt cap. So 150 million in practical guarantees. Both of those are the most ever. Dak Prescott had 95 million guaranteed at signing. Patrick Mahomes had 141 million practical guarantee. 
those are the most ever. If you really want to get into it, and and we do, the structure here <laughs> is super interesting. I don't know if you did you have a chance to look at the structure of this deal. So I actually have Sport Track, uh, Sport Track's tweet up right now. Okay. Um, so from what I saw, so so are you by structure? You want to break down what his cap hits are through the end of his contract? Yeah, that the, so I mean, there's there's a this is a complicated contract. So this mm-hmm. this is way more. And it's, if if you're not familiar with how this works, we might confuse you a little bit here. But it's it's not just base salary and signing bonus. There's all there's different types of bonuses, and then the cap hit is is not you know the cash he receives is not the same as his cap hit, which is the important number to the Bills. Uh, but yeah, so, so go, Charlie. Why don't you go through the cap hit, which is which is the important number for the team, and then we'll talk about some of the finer points here. So with the cap hit this year, he adds $3.3 million onto his current cap hit, and he's going to bring his cap hit for 21 up to $10.2 million. Uh, next season, his cap hit goes down uh, $6.7 million, and his, his cap hit uh, next season is going to be $16.3. That is playing on the fifth-year option. Now – the following season in 2023 is when that contract really kicks in. Um, so you're looking at a 39.7 million for 2023, 2024 is 41.7, 2025 is 51.2, 26 is 27 million, 2027 is 40 million, and 2028 is 41.5 million. So, so there's actually, I'm sorry, Nick, I'm making the mistake there. There's the out after, and, and not a full out, right? But they can get out after. Uh, two years into the extension, and it's really not going to kill him on dead cap space, if I'm correct. Is that right? Yeah, so so two years into the extension is technically four seasons away right now because it's a six-year extension onto the two he still has. So after the 2024 season, his dead cap hit is only $20.2 million. If they were to cut him at that point, point, you know, with the salary cap expected to go up, the TV deal is $20 million. Won't be that hard to uh, to eat if they need to, or if they trade him, or whatever you know, whatever else it takes. Um, as far as I'm concerned, like that's kind of that's far away. I wouldn't, right. I don't know that I would call that a true out, but this does lead us into into a good point here. His guaranteed money is all in the first uh, in the within the next five seasons. All right. His dead cap 2025, we said was 20 million. His dead cap in 2026 is only 8.5 million. And there's no dead cap. Nothing's guaranteed in the last two years of the deal, which to me says, hmm, why do you get it? Why does this deal look so good right now? It's because they're projecting the seller cap's going to explode with the TV deal. If Josh Allen keeps being as awesome as his contract makes it seem like he should be. They're going to restructure or renegotiate this way before we get to the end of this deal. There is no shot Josh Allen stays on this contract in 2028 unchanged from now. The Bills are either cutting him or trading him, or they're most likely, if if it goes according to plan, they're going to extend him for longer at more money way before this contract runs out. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm looking – so 2025 season – his base salary is $14 million and 10 and a half of it is guaranteed the year before. And also, he's still got you know signing bonus money going on the cap hit there. His, his cap hit that year is $51.28 million, 
which is massive. Even no matter what happens to the cap, it's that's going to be massive. Mm-hmm. I could kind of see a way where they, if all goes according to plan, they are probably doing a new deal before the 2025 season to to adjust it and either give Josh more money or give themselves some some room here. I can, I mean, th- this is not unusual. By the way. This is how contracts go. You, you put the years out there to get someone the money to set the market to say it's a, a huge number. Those years in the end, those are probably most likely not going to come to fruition. Yeah, I think that they're going to have to do something with that money at some point and, and kind of restructure his deal. And I think Brandon Bean being Brandon Bean has a pretty good setup for that uh, coming down. Now, the, the the like you said, 2023 is when the new TV money starts rolling in. The cap should go up by a good chunk, and that's when that Josh Allen contract is really going to fully kick in money-wise. That's when his contract takes a big jump from 16.3 up to almost $40 million on the cap hit. Um, they still have to find a way, in my opinion, to re-sign Tremaine Edmonds. They still have to find a way in a couple years, I believe two years, they got to get Stephon Diggs back. Um, and on top of that, you got to find other players that to, to continue to play. So I do think that there's a way to restructure this deal down the road to buy yourself some more cap space and allow yourself to hold on to the most important pieces of your team going forward. Um, so I'll be curious to see what, what 2023 20, and beyond is going to look like for this team. Yep. I mean, I mean, listen, let's, let's make one thing super clear here, just based on the cap hit and the ability of this team right now, 2021 cap hit 10 million, 2022 cap hit 16 million after next season. Okay, so the next two seasons are still fairly cheap. By the way, they did a $256 million deal and lowered his cap hit next season. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But after that, here's the number. They're going from 16 to 39, 41, 51, 46, 40, 41. That is a massive increase. So make it very clear. The Bills are in Super Bowl window right now. Mm-hmm. This year and next year are the years. Brandon Bean and Josh Allen's agents worked on this part to make sure this year, next year, they can get the pieces they need to go for it. After that, it gets it gets way more difficult when Josh Allen's Josh Allen Allen's cap hit is more than double what it is right now. Well, I think at that point, Nick, you talk about 2023 and beyond. You're looking to see if more important how good of a drafter has Brandon Bean been in the last few years? Because that's where you're going to rely on those young guys that you brought in in this past year's draft and last year's draft to really come in and earn their second contracts, right? Right. I mean, I mean, I do have to say not to be a hater. We are, whenever we're talking about this stuff, we you're always taking like a rose-colored view of it here. And, and you're saying you think Brandon Bean has a good plan in place for 2025, I mean, if, if they miss their Super Bowl window or if things don't go according, he might not be here. All this, mm-hmm. Stephen Diggs might not be here. Some of these guys might not be here. The NFL, it, I'm telling you, it goes way mm-hmm. faster. It goes downhill fast when it goes bad. It's very hard to stay as good. The Patriots are such, um, su- you know, such, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? An outlier. Odd. Such yeah. an uh, such yeah. an incongruity. Like, that is very unusual. It goes bad fast for when it when it does go bad. 
So the Bills, they're in it right now, okay? You saw what happened. The Saints always had trouble because Drew Brees is making too much money. You've almost you've almost seen Tom Brady maybe set an example for, for people where he's he's taking less money so that his team can be more competitive in the salary cap. And it's so easy to say when you're married to a supermodel who probably makes more money than you do and you have all these endorsements and you have TB12, and it's easy to say. It, is, it will be interesting to see. Um, Charlie, let's talk real quick about last podcast. We talked about whether the Bills should should go this year or wait until next year to, to do the deal here. Do you – they obviously chose to go now. They got security. They got the deal done. Do you think Brandon Bean is, is in a sense, trying to get a bargain by going early? You've seen him go early with Tredavis White. You've seen him go early with Deion Dawkins. Do you think he's in – strange to say for a market setting contract, you know, a record guaranteed money. Did he get a bargain by going early or what, what do you think about the timing? Yeah, I think either way, I don't, I don't feel like this deal would have changed much going in to the season or at the end of the season. If Allen, you know, performed like he did last year, you know, maybe a few different incentives, maybe, you know, a little bit more money, maybe longer term. Um, hmm. But I think either way, if Allen was to come out and have a, another MVP caliber season this year, you know, you were still going to have to make him the highest something or other at that position, you know, highest guaranteed money player, whatever it was, which, which he is now. Um, I think that with Allen and the way he's looked at in practice, I feel like Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott feel like they have their guy, right? Absolutely. And that was, and that was one thing we knew about Allen going into this, uh, the his career was that he was going to take time to develop. And that's my thing with all these people out there that want to sit down and talk about, well, Allen's not that good. He doesn't, you know, he had one good year. We knew that Allen was going to take time to develop. We as fans knew that. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott knew that. They knew that he was going to come in and he was going to be a project. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are not paying Josh Allen for what he did last year. They are paying Josh Allen, and in Josh Allen's own words, they are paying Josh Allen for what they expect him to do in the years to come. You now have eight years, Josh, to come in and lead this team and lead this franchise and lead this fan base of – the most wild and crazy fans in, in, in all of the sports to the promised land. You have eight years to do that. And we're paying you a lot of money over six of those years. And we're giving you a lot of money the day you put your name on this piece of paper. Go out there and prove everyone who ever doubted you wrong. And my, my favorite thing to come out of this week was uh, Brian Dable in his meeting in camp. Yeah, I, I have to bring up. that up. I have it up right here. Do you want to read it? I will. I'll go. We'll, we'll, we'll summarize it. I guess we don't have to read the whole thing. Um, but Brian Dable got up in front of his coaches and offensive players uh, in camp, and he said. This is according to uh, ESPN, by the way. This yes, is a, yes. a, a good, good story from Dan Graziano. Yes, according to Dan Graziano on ESPN. So Brian Dable got up in front of the coaches and players and said, if you're a coach, if you've ever been fired, sit down. And every coach in that room sat down. He then went down to the players and he said, if you're a player and you've ever been cut or traded, sit down. 
A large group of the players then sat down. Then he asks, if you weren't picked in the first round, sit down. And suddenly the only player remaining standing in that room, Nick, was Josh Allen. The only other first rounder on that team, obviously on the on the offense, obviously is backup quarterback Mitch Trubisky, but Trubisky sat down with the cut or traded group, even though he wasn't technically cut or traded mm-hmm. by the Bears. He just was not re-signed. Um, and then Dable looked at Josh and goes, Josh, how many scholarship offers did you get out of high school? Allen looks at him and says, none. Dable says, all right, let's remember where we came from. Like, dude, first of all, before we get into what that could possibly mean for Josh Allen and and and, and how come no team made Brian Dable head coach <laughs> this year? Like, I, I'm just reading this. I am ready to go through the wall for Brian Dable. By, by the way, this this is the reason Ken Dorsey got a pay raise this year because when Brian Dable leaves, Ken Dorsey is going to be the OC. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, in, in your opinion, I mean, what what do you take of that? Uh, for for me, he's letting Josh know, like, hey man, you're going to sign this big money, but don't change who you are and don't change what you've done, and continue to be you no matter what you're making. Yeah. Isn't it's also like, I didn't even realize the the bills have no other first rounders on offense. <laughs> I didn't think about that either. Yeah. I mean, uh, Diggs is not a first rounder. Um, no, Dawkins, Dawkins is second rounder. Dawkins is second. Cody Ford is second. Mitch Morris was a fourth, I think. And he was traded. He was he was you know, I mean he was signed yeah yeah he was signed yeah yeah I'm in sorry. the offseason. um but you know I I no one there's no you know Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie those guys were were later later picks it's crazy to think that there was no first round picks on this offense how did teams miss that bad on Stephen Diggs holy cow I you know I think it was, he was a smaller guy coming out of Maryland. Yeah, and I I haven't gone back to look at his wide receiver draft to see what other receivers were taken ahead of him. Was it a deep receiver draft? Was it a deep linebackers draft? You know how that goes every year. Some sure. some year teams go on a run of defensive backs. And defensive backs just come off the board like candy at that point. You know, like they're the hottest thing in, in the world. Maybe there was uh, maybe it was a weak receiving class, and a lot of teams, you, you know, who knows? Who knows? I mean, you can say the same, Nick, go back and say the same about Tom Brady. How come teams missed out on Tom Brady? You know? Yeah. All right. It, as you know, as an adult and an athlete, sometimes it just takes you time to either A, grow into your body to be a better player, or, you know, you it, it takes you getting in the right system and learning the league the right way to show what you can do. And maybe that's what it was with Diggs. His first couple years in Minnesota, he was in the right system there in Minnesota, and he, he was able to show his skill set. Um, but that's just I, you know that's just me. I, I I didn't watch him at the University of Maryland. I don't really sit down and watch the University of Maryland football games, um, so I can't really say that I watched him in college and and, and, and what could have held him back. That's fair. All right, that's, a, that's a powerful thing. Powerful, powerful stuff there by Brian Dable. Yeah, I loved it. That was a that was a very quick RT. Yes, very quick. 
very quick. I, 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 you shared that with me. And I think I said <laughs> my, my exact words back to you were holy shit. I think I said, you said yes. he's going to be I a good coach. Yeah. He's going to be a great good coach. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Can't, can't say anything negative about the guy. Um, Hey Nick, before we hang up for the evening, um, our friends over at Ethos Performance Ramp just celebrated their one-year birthday. You're darn right they did. That was great. Great segue. Uh, Ethos Performance Rehab, they've, uh, they've, they've been in the field much longer than one year, but they incorporated as Ethos one year ago. Happy birthday, guys. Uh, listen, I've been treated personally by Dr. Matt and by Dr. Zach. They are proud sponsors of the podcast. If you are... Not, not, not even if you have an injury, if you have just something is bugging you, if you are experiencing back pain when you're running, if, if it's bugging you, you can't go as far as you want, or you're not as active as you want to be, or your fastball doesn't have the zip that it used to, and something's holding you back, give Ethos a call. All right. Drop them a line. Tell them, tell them what you're working with and see what they can, see what they can do for you. Everyone knows when you have an injury, oh, I need to go, I need to go to PT. There's a lot of rehab and training you can do to strengthen smaller muscles. That Every time I go in there, I learn about a new muscle I didn't even know I had, all right? Matt, Dr. Matt, Dr. Zach are experts. They will be working with you on your movement pattern, on muscles, groups, how to strengthen them. They know exercises. I was doing an exercise for a muscle in my neck the other day that was not activating right. Uh, these guys will take care of you. If you want to perform better, if you want to feel better, Ethos Performance Rehab, hit them up on Instagram, hit them up online. Can't go wrong. Can't recommend it enough. Yeah, man, those guys are great. Dr. Matt has actually been a guest on our podcast uh, you know, right, right when we first started, actually. Um, talking about his time we, with the Buffalo Bills. That's right. We talked about so, mixing Gatorade versus pouring it. We did. We did. This, this is an OG podcast well, reference for learned, our learned a lot listeners. about learned a lot about Gatorade from uh, from Dr. Matt. He also so that's another thing. You can go to Dr. Matt, ask him about your Gatorade. Ask him what is better. Is it is it better mixed or is it better right out of the right out of the uh, the bottle? Um, but Nick, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, closing thought here on Allen's contract. You know, we were talking about the cap hit is lower. People might say, well, why would Josh agree to that? It's because of how cap hit versus actual cash works. So actual cash, Josh million, or I'm sorry, Josh Allen. Was Josh, to, Josh million works too now. It, it does work. Josh hundred million to use. I got a quarter of a billion dollars here. Um, he was scheduled to make three and a half million this year. Actual cash. Now he's up to 20. Next year, he was scheduled to make 23 actual cash. He's going to get $47 million next season. Okay, so so why, why did he do that? Why did he give slightly team-friendly earlier? It's because he gets the guaranteed money. No one ever has gotten this much guaranteed money. Somebody else, my brother, was asking me, why isn't all money guaranteed? That's a great question. That's just what the, the collective bargaining has, has agreed to. Baseball and hockey have guaranteed contracts. You sign it, you're getting that money. Hockey, or I'm sorry, uh, football does not have guaranteed contracts. You, uh, if you are on the team past a certain date, you can your money can become guaranteed, but it is not guaranteed. Guaranteed, you can be cut for performance or for injury or for whatever whatever reason. Uh, so, getting that guarantee in a violent sport like football is huge. Josh Allen has more guaranteed money than anyone else ever 
in the sport has, and he's getting himself the money up front. And it's just the way the cap hit works that when, when you do a bonus, a bonus pays out immediately. So it's fully guaranteed because the guy gets it and then you can spread the cap hit out over five years uh, and lower, lower the cost there. So it, it works, works both ways. Um, Josh is getting paid. Don't worry about him not getting his money. He's getting paid. What was what's the first thing you would buy if you signed a contract with a hundred million dollars guaranteed? See, now you're putting me on the spot. I'm gonna like have to say something like you know very very nice or thoughtful. I would I would buy my parents a new house and car. I don't know. Like <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably just like. I, w- I would need like a coffee or something just to make sure I wasn't like, gonna, lose, <laughs> lose, gonna like lose my mind here. I'm like, okay, let's let's think, you know, before we do anything crazy. Like, let's just actually, you probably have so much. You probably so have coffee. You wouldn't need a coffee, but I need. Right. I would need like like just something like on my stomach to just like make sure we were calm for a while. That would probably be what we did first. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know what I would. I, I honestly don't know what I would. I would. Yeah. I would feed the hungry, Charlie. I would. Okay. Donate it to I, the soup kitchens and. You, you the whole hundred million? Uh, I said some of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I would probably go buy like a, a, a truck or something. But I mean, I Josh buy, Allen. I would buy Charlie do... a car. Where's my wife? Can she come in here and listen to that? Um, I mean, look, Josh Allen's probably going to put some of it into his family's farm because he said last year they're going to start growing avocados because that's where the money's starting to go out there in California, and they're going to turn into an avocado farm and. Uh, maybe he plants some avocado stuff, avocado trees, avocado right, growing trees. I would, I would become a minority owner of the Sabers and try to help that franchise. Someone tweeted that at him when he signed his contract, like Josh oh Allen, gosh. please buy the Sabers. So as I saw someone tweet that at Rihanna because it became that Rihanna was like a billionaire now. Yeah, she just became a billionaire. So yeah, with like, the new fancy beauty. Yeah, someone's like. Yeah. Okay. That's my play. Yo, Rihanna, you, uh, can we interest you in a hockey team <laughs> in a lightly used hockey team? <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 Um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. As long as she, I don't care. As long as she doesn't move the team to like Jamaica or something like, <laughs> Hey, that. listen, Patrick Mahomes is a minority owner of some sports franchises. Josh Allen. I know one that could use some help. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. I mean, and he has the money to pay for, for something. Maybe he can convince Jack to stick around. Um, but yeah, I, look, good for Josh Allen. I hope he buys the biggest house in Buffalo, like somewhere in Orchard Park, and buys himself some land and maybe plants some crops there. And you know, I, I I know he likes going back to California, but I'd like to see him make his roots in Buffalo at some point, like Jim Kelly ended up doing. And you know, being a Buffalo guy till till he's not a Buffalo guy no more. Um, but good for him. Good on the money. Glad Buffalo finally got their franchise guy. It seems like, despite what. Uh, our boy Bray thinks. Um, no, I don't think Bray Bray's just giving people a hard time. I don't think, I think he. So. Yes, I, yes, he knows Josh Allen is good. He's he's enjoying the Twitter nonsense. That is true. That is true. Uh, and and Tyrod Taylor never signed a contract for hundred million dollars guaranteed. Anyway, um, with all of that said, Nick, where can we find you on Twitter? I'm I'm just myself at Nick Veronica. Hit me up on Twitter, Facebook. Is is I'm on I'm on there too. It's facebook.com slash by Nick Veronica. Ooh. Official. Uh you can follow the process podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod or myself on Twitter at Chawit68 C H A W I T 68. 
Uh, remember to always tweet us questions, comments, concerns, anything that you have for us, let us know. Leave us a comment wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google. Um, remember to like, subscribe, and follow the Process Podcast. And remember, most importantly, to always trust the process.